The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axis. Yes, sir. We are bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Yes, where we get together and talk about everything going on in the life, in the world, and the traffic out here in these streets. In these, in these, in these cold, cold, cold streets. Coming at you with episode number 59. 59! Been a minute. Man, feels like a long minute, but, you know, we've been busy. We've been working. Yeah, slight hiatus. This this episode, like, dedicate to a particular individual who's had a lot of uh, press coming from his side of the Golden country. State Killer. No. Nah. Oh, my bad. No, no, no. This gentleman is no, the complete opposite. If anything was going to speak about his character or his uh, integrity, personality... R. Kelly. Still complete opposite. Though he's done so much in so many levels, uh, Forbes has got him labeled as Mr. Blockbuster. Kanye West. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> he's out of uh, 21 films he's done, 17 of them have grossed over $100 million. He is a five-time Golden Globe nominee, two-time Academy Award nominee, four-time Grammy Award winner, not only has he uh, been very successful in music, TV, film, but uh, also uh, philanthropic. He and his son have uh, invested into an eco-friendly water business. And this is why I give him props as well, where they focused on um, there's there's some science to how you're supposed to package water. Like clear bottles is not actually safer. It should be in paper like they used to do yeah. with milk cartons. And so they're focusing on water and until the situation has been rectified, they're even the, the company, the two of them, him and his son, own together. They're donating water to Flint, Michigan every month because the lead poisoning has been so high. Uh, grows more than enough money than he'll spend in his life and spending a lot of it helping other people. And that's usually a phrase that's associated when people talk about him. West Philadelphia, born and raised. Meek Mill. On the playgrounds where he spent most of his day. Shout out one time to Mr. Willard. Willard. Willard Smith. Willard Carroll Smith. Carroll? Carroll wow. Smith Jr. Will Smith, the rest yeah, of the world. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you've been on this hiatus and you still ain't got his horns, but it's all good. Will, I, it's good but I, I give him his, his region of the world where he's from, Pennsylvania, has been catching a lot of, uh, lot of press. And so to have a shining, you know, a little, little, little shining light out there. Is is necessary because I think we need to, as we highlight the quote unquote problems of the world, we do need to give props to the folks who are doing it the right way. And like I said, aside from his musical, how long, how long has he been with his wife for? Jada, uh, sexy Jada. Well, shoot, that's Jaden's grown so twenty years. Got to be close. Twenty, to 20 years. Right. Got to be close to twenty years. It's not longer than that. I'm saying about. Yeah, it, it's been, been a minute been, because yeah, they've been a while. Because them are grown and they was, you know, they was born up, they was under here, they was yeah. done, done the right way. But like I said, the the music, the TV shows, the movies, all that is great. But his company, Just Water, uh, is I give props to stuff like that. I mean, as good that you got a talent, you got an ability when it comes to you know uh, doing songs, doing TV, doing movies. I take nothing away from his artistic talent, but to then turn around and see the need, you know, he ain't from Flint. No, nah. he's not from Michigan. 
Salute to the brother doing that. You know what I'm saying? Taking your Flint, own Michigan, money, taking still, your own country. Still. Still God's urine colored water. water coming out the faucet. Call it what he call it, man. Golden piss and water, man. Now they're having so many issues of all the children and the lead poisoning levels are so high out there in Flint. America does not care about black children. I don't care about nobody out there. And so for him to take him and his son Jaden to come together and, and to just to donate just to, every month to keep dropping off cases and cases of water so these people can bathe and not get rashes and, and chemical burns on their bodies or or drink this poisonous stuff. And so that's why I was really wanting to give a salute to him and, and what, what they're doing out there. Lots happened since we got together last. Been a few weeks, a little traveling. Man, little, little. A lot of traveling, a lot of traveling. Uh, one thing before we, we move too forward, another round of applause I'd like to give out would be a to you, sir. Oh, Shout out to man. Mr. Barry Axis. I got the pleasure to accept an award on your behalf. There it is. It's sitting right there. What is that? Sacramento Black Chamber award. Of, of Commerce. So you can speak on that. I mean, you tell me. You was there. It was. I, I got to speak on on, on his behalf. Oh, man. Uh, and uh, accept the award on his behalf while he was still out doing the work out there on the yeah. Voice of the Youth College tour. Yes, sir, I was. And, and just to have a bunch of people of uh, the business community, political circles, all that sort of stuff come together, and they were they gave out just a couple of awards. I hope I hope you gave them like the truth, because I still haven't seen the video of what you said. Oh, oh, the speech killed. The, the speech I'm sure it did, but I hope killed. it wasn't like. Hope you added a few of the things that I asked you to add. You know, just because that's just me. Ah, uh, no, nah, you, you was covered. Everybody who knew you personally, who 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 heard it, were like, "Nah, that that represents. <laughs> that represents probably." Because I think that those things are important. That we, because there's more than enough. It becomes very easy to talk about the problems going on. Yeah. It becomes very easy to talk about the people that we don't think are doing the right thing or yeah. need to be doing stuff better. But that can't be all our energy and all our focus. Not at all. We do need to to acknowledge the folks who are out there doing the right stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that actually drives people to because, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. If we only talk about the problems you, and you're doing the right thing and nobody, you know, gives two F's about you, it makes it harder for some people to do the right thing. So I think we got to give energy to the positive things happening. And so it was good that the the community acknowledged the work that you do. About time. And I, I think that we 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 got, we got to give those headlines. Yeah, yeah. So, so thank you, to you for what you do out here. I appreciate that. I mean, I think it's about time. Um, not trying to say I'm not humble about the awards. I've been doing this for a long time. I definitely appreciate my brother, um, Jermaine, for stepping in my place. I. Excuse me, I couldn't have picked a brother brother to, to be in that space, be in that position last minute and being able to um I I feel uh articulate the movement, articulate um the work and articulate um, you know, who I am where folks could really feel it but continue to be as real and authentic as you are, as well as continue to keep it real and authentic in the person that I am. So I definitely appreciate that. And, um, you know, I just believe that some of these awards, you know, they have uh, a lot of times catered themselves to be a part of a, a bigger in group. So for them stepping out, really seeing people that are doing mass work, that is not a part of like the in circle. It, it lets them know. And that's me know that they're finally recognizing the truth. And that's just the reality. You know, I, 
You know, I'm like so many other folks have dedicated my life to change. And um, I don't really run into circles where it could be all on Barry. Because if I did, I'd probably get an award every year. I just don't have time for it. And at the same time, a lot of the time, I think a lot of these awards are fake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like a lot of BS, you know. I would have rather had a check than a, an award. But, hey, I'm recognized. I'm thankful. Um, it shows off the work. Yeah, you know, I, I, I continue to, to, to continue to put pressure on individuals to step up their game because there's a lot of work to be done. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's always humbling uh, being honored, but it's also humbling when I have partnerships like you and other individuals that I strive for, my youngsters. That is more uh, 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 this is for us moment compared to it's about me. So it's always about a us. So always about a we because I do it for us. I do it for we. I don't do it for me. Um. I just am a catalyst of the, the moment and the movement and just a big voice in it. But to be able to have a good friend take the award on my behalf while I could still do work because I was very um, I, I was in a tough position because it was like I was already at the, the college award. And they're like, yo, by the way. And I was like, ah, I didn't I didn't want to diss them because I want to, you know, honor that. But I also want to honor it in the sense of being truthful. But I for sure wasn't about to change my trips that's what it wasn't going to happen so i appreciate you going out there grabbing that i'm bringing it home for the team and i know there's more things to come and when they do come trust and believe they'll be as raw and as real when i'm getting on the mic to telling the truth because i think that's what's lacking in the black community you just got to respect people's truth yeah i think that it's important that people who are being their genuine selves is highlighted i'm a firm believer in when people show you who they are believe them yeah. And you can gauge that by not only the words that come out of their mouth, but the moves they make consistently, not, you know, one random, you know, act of kindness or one. And even, I am a consistent motherfucker, regardless of however you hate to feel or think about it. I'm just a consistent motherfucker. That's what keeps it all so real. Well, the consistent part of human behavior is is, is what I look at. So whenever something somebody does something and it's uh they do something positive they do something nice they do something kind whatever i'm like okay i acknowledge that for what it is to the same accord when somebody does something on the other side of the game when somebody's you know out of pocket somebody's disrespectful somebody's whatever i look at what first isolated incidences and then i look at patterns of behavior mm -hmm. i look at was this just somebody having a bad day was this just you just caught somebody on the wrong time and that's just what came out their mouth or is this something that's a pattern of behavior and something that's been going on a lot? I charge to patterns of behavior as opposed to isolated incidences. So the reason why I was also giving nods to Will coming out of his region of Pennsylvania, because they've had a lot of stuff in the news as, as of lately. There was the issue with the, uh, the brothers in the Starbucks mm. where you had uh, two brothers who showed up, uh, one asked to use the restroom. They said, nah, you got to make a purchase. He was like, all right, well, never mind. I'm waiting on somebody. So he just went to go sit down. Yeah. And upon sitting down, they came up on him like, you need to get out. After that, the cops was called. They need to leave. They did the timeline. It was like two minutes mm -hmm. that they had been in the Starbucks before the cops were called to, to, to escort them out where they were ultimately arrested. For, mm. for simply being there while they were waiting for the third party and they said he's on his way here and when the cops arrived the third party, the other member showed up like it's not like they were posted up for hours and a white member 
And it was like, look, now we just waiting on, on homie. We're having a meeting, whatever. You know, Starbucks notorious for free Wi-Fi. I'm going to post up. Uh, we holding job interviews here. We're doing this, that, and the third. Like, uh, but the fact is, is that how quickly these brothers was just arrested. Like, didn't even know what they were being arrested for. They weren't even asked to leave by the officers. They were just putting the cufties, and it was time to take a trip to the station. And that's such a, a global franchise that, that Starbucks is that, that you know, they, they tried to, to, to since then go back and say that we're going to address this. And the president, CEO, whatever, thought it was bad. But what I was looking at is, is that behavior in that Starbucks with the behavior in the Waffle House. Where, where the black woman was, was, was the cops was called on her because she wanted a corporate number about the franchise, about some an incident that had happened. She was then tackled and thrown to the ground. You had the issues where uh, just repeatedly in different businesses, we are treated a certain way. Call it what it is, anti-blackness. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about Jed's, you know, Taco Shack where it's one isolated business that's a sole proprietor that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm talking about national chains. Mm-hmm. International, you know, and you just see the disrespect consistently. Yeah. You know, to the point to where, what does that say as a whole? Like, when you can go, when you realize that you you, you are not valued as a patron, <laughs> that your dollar don't mean anything. Because we always talk about within the community, the spending power of, of, of black people. Trillions and trillions of dollars. When it's looked upon as, you can keep your little money. You know what I'm saying? Like, when it's looked at as, I don't care how much you spend. I don't want you here. Mm. I don't care if you live in this neighborhood. I don't care how much you paid for your house. Mm. I don't want you here. Mm. I don't care how much your tuition costs that you pay to come to school here. Mm. I don't want you here. Mm. You know, case of a young boy who was lost, knocked on his neighbor's door for directions and was shot at. Damn. I don't want you here. The or 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 um, in New York City, parents arguing back and forth in an influential um, community that they don't want more black students coming into their uh, school. Prominent Penn State sorority leader Syracuse throwing the, the N word all around and talking about I should be able to say the N word I should be able to say in this and if you don't like it suck it whatever the 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 the, the fraternity the initiation where as a part of the inductee uh, the, the the process is is that you have zero tolerance for N words for for derogatory term for Hispanic people and for Jews. I don't care if you go to school here. Mm. I don't care what your tuition is. Mm. I don't care if you're here on a scholarship. I don't want you here. Mm. Listen. And also, we we can't forget the white boy that had the uh, sign talking about the, uh, you know, his prom date or if asking I, for the prom if date. If I was black, I'd be picking cotton. Yeah. But because I'm white, I'm picking you. <laughs> ah, shots out to the white boy, Florida. W- w- of course, Florida. I didn't know it was offensive. Shots out to the white boy that had the bravery to go ahead and make that sign actually have it go viral. Shots out to the yeah. Let's give that man a round of applause. I got to. All right. And uh, and as 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 the world turns, R. Kelly is giving girls STDs. But we'll talk about that later. Let's go into this anti-blackness. 
because this seems to be a running theme. But it's a running theme that is a continuation of a movie that has been played out here in America forever. Ever since we were um, shipped down and enslaved. It's always been that. The thing about now is it's recorded. It's live. It's going viral. And you get to share it amongst your friends. So let's be very clear. This anti-blackness, this racism against black people, people of color, has not started when Donald Trump was elected. It did not happen when Obama was elected. This is a continuum of things that have happened, patterns that have been traced throughout history because America has refused to do the right thing. America has refused to talk about race. Black people have refused to build black. Black people have refused to look at white supremacy in a way to where it's like, okay, we get it, we got it, got to get our own. The bottom line is when you choose to have your enemy be your spokesperson, your enemy to be your provider, your enemy to be your education, your enemy to be your protector, your enemy to be uh, the sole collector of all things that is you culturally um, and benefit off of it more than you do, right? When you allow a person or persons to control imagery, narrative, you are going to get exactly what you're getting right now. If the Negroes would put more emphasis in supporting their own black-owned franchises, you don't have incidents like Starbucks. It's a, it's a simple thing I always like to tell people, and I've said it on this show before. If you are living with your spouse, would you have one or two cars? Two. Why? So you could have your own. It's why necessary. would you? But why? What's necessary? I mean, that's your spouse. You're together. Uh, one's got to go home. to work on one side of town. One's got a dentist appointment on the other side of town. Uh, if one takes one to go do something, you still have. You're not just hostage. Yeah. Or you're not scrambling or borrowing or yeah. it's just a, a convenience thing. And then it's an efficiency thing. And at the end of the day, you are not powerless. Yeah. If you guys break up. You guys are not splitting half that car. If you guys break up, there ain't going to be no arguing about who's taking the car. You're going to take your keys and, hey, it was a good run. Thank you. That's the simple, uh, you know, way of putting this, you know, analyzing it in so many different realms. We can, we should, we did. Black people just got to seriously wake up. The oppressive manner that we kind of lay our direction and hoping and begging and pleading for white America to finally accept us will never, ever happen. The acceptance of white America will always be in a position where what can we do for them, right? Yeah. Like, how can we benefit off of black pain? How can we benefit off of black sweat? How can we can benefit off of um, black personality, black culture, um, the, the, the physicalness of black people, the emotions of black people, the dollars of black people, of the um, ingenuity, the brilliance of black people. How can we benefit? And if we cannot benefit from it, we will take it. <laughs> I mean, this has been the same relationship. Black people have been in a domestic violence relationship with white America um, culturally forever. It's never been anything different. It's just now we get to see it double fold. Going to Starbucks. It happened here uh, last summer. 
I remember visiting a Starbucks in a, a predominantly um, um, area of color on, on Mac Road here in Sacramento, uh, an area where there's, uh, I would say, I won't say majority black, but at one particular time it was, but it's a majority color folks are there. And in this Starbucks, only Starbucks that they have in this area, right, which is kind of odd as well, but it kind of lets you know that things are going to happen sooner or later, wait for another five or ten years, right? No. Starbucks pops up in this big shopping center where you have tons of vacancies, a shopping center that was mostly for small, smaller businesses. And of course, you think about the overhead, rent's probably overly high, folks aren't really spending. But because we have been programmed to understand what a franchise is because it's been commercialized in our mind through media, you see Starbucks, that is a stamp of approval for the best coffee. So they have a Starbucks over there. One particular time, I kind of noticed that they didn't have any more plugins. No. I was like, wait a minute. I remember coming there two weeks ago. They didn't have any plugins, and they have a they have a pretty much a bad uh, issue with um you know homeless folks coming in and out of of that place of business, and of course you got a lot of black youth coming in, Latino youth coming in, and um for certain Starbucks customers um that are not a quote unquote in this uh, uh, community, but might drive in, might work in different areas because we do have a Kaiser around the corner, it might make them feel uncomfortable. So I saw that. I I, I recorded it. It it, uh, it went out to a few uh, a bunch of folks. We were having a real conversation about it. Um, a guy that I know who um, I've worked with uh, at one of these uh, youth programs at actually uh, the center around the corner from this uh, uh, Starbucks was kind of like, well, I talked to the manager. It's a new policy that they're trying to create and da 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 save. And I said, you know what? That's bullshit. I know what it is because you go down to other uh, predominantly white communities. Starbucks got all the plugins. Wow. Starbucks has every single person sitting there doing what they do, plug in, you know, doing homework, having meetings. It was a basic slap and a, and, and really. Um, racially profiling this community as they do all the time so seeing this happen in a starbucks it doesn't surprise me i am just surprised that everybody is surprised well i think just just for clarification people don't get the plug in the the electrical sockets where you would plug your cell phones in to charge them your laptops in to use had flat uh flat face plates over them so for most people, if you think about the, the electrical sockets of where you go into to plug your, your de electronic devices in, all those had covers. So instead of having the, the two set of prong, you know, uh, little entry points, it's just a clear, flat, uh, you know, just sheet over it. And I know their, their argument was it was against homeless. <laughs> like that was their that, that's what they were trying to stand on that. You know, it, it keeps the homeless out. So homeless can't sit there and um, plug in their phone? Whatever. You know, first off, I don't, personally don't know a whole lot of homeless people who walk around toting around a lot of electronics. I don't know too many homeless cracking open the MacBook. <laughs> you know, that, that's just me. Maybe, maybe I haven't paid close enough attention. But uh, going along with what you're saying about how we have the, the, this theme of, of how we're treated, and why it's so important that this is not a campaign to say black people need to get away from everybody. 
It doesn't mean that oh you you can't frequent an Asian restaurant, you can't frequent uh, a Hispanic run dry cleaner. It just means that there needs to be as much, if not more, value in creating our own than it does in supporting other people. They had another issue out there in lovely Pennsylvania where it had uh, the incident on the golf course. Now this is a prominent area of they have in Philly too, uh, just outside, uh, where these these are people who are doing well. So we're not talking about this is not a homeless situation. This is not a struggling situation. These were all golf course members where it was a a group of black women who were golfing and the police was called on them by a a group of white men who were saying that they were taking too long. Now, I don't know if you've ever golfed, uh, but, but the first thing is that if the group is behind you, if the group in front of you is taking too long, like they're going slow. Uh, there's something that you just call play through, where if, if you and your group are, are just kind of lagging, you guys are kind of just kind of off pace. I'll just hey, can, hey, can we just play through? Can we just, you know, more or less, can we just skip you? Can, can we play through this hole, go past you, go about our business because y'all was moving kind of slow? Well, the, the clubs, the, the, the golf course's policy was that you need to finish at about four hours and 20 minutes is, is your for for 18 holes. Anything longer than that, you're kind of struggling. So the cops were called after the women had been through the first, the front nine, the, for halfway through the course at the two hour mark. So they were still on pace within the rules of the golf course. But the group behind them w- w- was just more or less didn't like looking at them. More or less just didn't like just dealing with them and seeing them there. So they call, didn't call the, 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 the golf course people to, to, to take care of this. They called the police. <laughs> <laughs> you know, call the cops. Like, like, y'all need to go. And I think that where we're at now is that's a go-to. You, we're being told repeatedly. Like I said, I, I don't care if you're a member. Well, here's the also thing about it. That goes into that same um, situation with the black women that went to the winery. Yeah. <laughs> Paid to go. Like, like, like I said, there, there's the old, you know, the argument was, you know, uh, if I, if I work up, I get my degree, uh, I get the good job, you know, I can afford to live here. Yeah. I can afford to shop here. I can afford to, to, to do these things. You just, we just get hit repeatedly. Negro. I don't care. They Negro. don't, I, I don't care if you can afford to live here. Negro. I don't care if you got into school here. I don't care how much money you want to spend here. Negro, you will not be accepted. Like, stop. Um, Unless you're dribbling a ball, throwing a, a, a football, running a football, catching a football, um, singing and dancing, rapping ignorant, and, 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 and being able to help propel white supremacy. I mean, understand that at the end of the day, they don't want you here. Like, they just don't want you here. The fear of white Folks losing privilege and losing power is so intimate. There's so much. There's this. There's this envious and jealous factor that white folks have against black people for so many other reasons. So many reasons. I mean, our our rhythm, our swag, our 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 culture, our resilience, just our brilliance, just everything about us. It it creates that I wish right because. We are genetically superior in reality. They teach us that we're inferior, but we're genetically superior. I mean, that's just facts. Our melanin 
They go to get suntan. They got to run from sun. We glaze in the sun and look at our skin. You know what I'm saying? And there's so many different shades of, of black that is just so beautiful. The fact is, is that they utilize the uh, 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 no, the, 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 the thing to make us believe that we are inferior, that we do need them, that everything has come from them, that they're the original. That's the crazy part. They have ingrained in this, this idea in our minds. A lot of black people, they have really subconsciously fucked with our heads to the point where we really believe that if it ain't white, it ain't right. And if we don't get a white, white approval, that we're not making it. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. We want to graduate from their universities. We want to join their exclusive clubs. Like, there be black folks and these all-white uh, 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 golf clubs, yeah. right? They, they, they feel so privileged. Well, or they've made they, it. They've made it. Or they're, they're these black folks that go into these all-white communities, like, you know, that are hella high and, and, and you know, just, just proud, and ran, to, be proud to be the person. only black person. So, in reality... As much as they did it to us, we did it to ourselves because we have not engaged in the theory that, wait a minute, I like me, I love me, and having a bunch of me's being in the same position to where we can move and navigate in this group, not in this individual idea, in this group theory, we can really gentrify our own communities, clean up our own selves, Get our own business started and just roll like that. Again, I'm happy you made a point saying we are not prefacing saying hell with everybody that we won't. I don't mind going to Thai food. I don't mind going to my Middle Eastern spots, Italian spots, whatever. I love other cultures. I think that's the greatest thing about being different. As I teach my young kids and the aspiring students for change, a, a very multicultural group of Asian, Middle Eastern, uh, black. You got some white kids. You got some uh, Polynesian kids. You got all a mixture of everything. Yeah. That what makes us different makes us great. But I think that we find ourselves fighting our indifferences to want to be and simulate like others to gain acceptance. And I say, hell, hell, no. It don't work. It ain't never worked. And why keep trying when you have to understand the minority are white people. The majority are people of color. They every day look at their little window yeah, dwindle. The global, the global Globally, majority is brown. Right. So if you take that into consideration, them knowing that the sins of their forefathers are going to have to come back double fold some way, somehow may not be in our lifetime, they are trying to hold on with everything they got. And if we as black people don't realize it's better to have our own prestigious golf course compared to constantly going to other people's shit, always asking someone else, can I sit on your couch instead of going getting your own and saying, hey, it's my couch. You can invite whoever you want to. We are going to continually have these moments and these moments are going to continue to go viral, not to show racism, but to show uh, to break the self-esteem of black people. Because when you are uh, when you feel like people don't want you that people don't like you, that fucks with you. 
Like literally that mentally screws with your brain. So all of this stuff is doing is not exposing racism and saying, here's how we have to go about changing. It's really just showing black people like, uh, jokes on you, that dream speech that Martin Luther King Jr. had, eh, we're not living in it. And at the end of the day, we don't really like you. And that fucks with people's self-esteem. Okay, so if you take the phrase, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. If that's the idea where you want to go to where you feel best. Is there an argument that being mistreated by not even it's not I'm not even going to put this on on just white people. Because the reality of it is, you can go to a bunch of other cultures and it's the same. They all, they all don't yeah, like Well, us. I'm saying, so uh, just, just to say that, because it's not one of those things of, oh, this is just something specifically that white people are doing to black people. No, you can go to areas where you can go into Asian-owned stores, Middle Eastern-owned stores, and you can get the same, the same treatment. Is it to say that the mistreatment of other races is still better than the treatment of other black people? Brother... If you're going, let me just just to follow the logic for the people, the folks at home. If if you're saying I want to go somewhere where I feel better at, even being mistreated in these places, is that better than how we treat each other in our own businesses and and and, and functions and facilities? Oh, we treat each other like shit. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, no, that's the problem. I mean, we treat each other like shit, and um, you know. That is a, a huge a slap in the face, and that's why other folks do the things that they do. Yeah, you, tr- you train people how to treat you. Yeah, I mean, they look at you. I mean, some of y'all don't got respect for each other, or they'll see a vast majority, and I won't even say a vast majority, but whatever is publicized, yeah. right? Um, they look at it, they, the stereotypes and the biases kick in, and next thing you know, it's almost kind of like, well, why are you here? You should go somewhere else. And it's like a lot of us are coming like, well... I can't go over there because they're just as bad. And this is like, well, you're an uninvited guest, but almost I have to serve you because you well, shit, you know, it's the money factor. And it's like, I, you know, whatever, come on in. I'll, I'll deal with you. I'll take your money. I'll take your money. So the reality is if this is the come to Jesus moment that black people finally need, because people like myself, you other individuals have spoke highly about, us creating our own, have taught it with our kids, have, have spoke, to, spoke on it to the level where our own black people looked at us as we were crazy, as we were, um, you know, going against the grain, as we were radicals. And this is like, oh, we're radical. Wait till you really realize what white privilege is and what white supremacy is. And the simple fact that building our own is building a base that is really going to significantly help our generation after generation after generation you cannot build wealth if you do not if you're not a part of ownership if you don't own you cannot build wealth you cannot build a power base i can't give my daughter a job i can give my daughter my business yeah you know what i'm talking about so that, that state job that county job it's good i mean for great, you but you can't but i can't carry that and say hey by the way I know I'm going to die at 75 I'm and I'm retiring. Over. That's not what yeah. it is. And the fact that we, one, our support level to our own communities, uh, uh, small businesses or even biggest, big, big, bigger businesses, we give up on black businesses as soon as we get a cold piece of cornbread. Right. 
I literally was at a black restaurant in Oakland. I won't speak on it because I don't want to tarnish it because it was decent. But, of course, when we talk about cornbread, I, I preference that to I got a burnt piece of cornbread and I had waited for an hour. And I was like, yo, are you serious? And she's like, I oh, know, honey, just scrape it with your with your knife. I started that. I say, lady, if you don't hurry, me, give me some more cornbread and get me you some should. other sides. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not going to do this, right? Yeah. So instead of me putting it out on Yelp, airing them out and then people know who I am I'm a foodie and a lot of the stuff that I put out there it gonna catch volume um I said I'm just gonna let this pass you know and just kind of go with the flow because overall my experience was good yeah but here it is with us an Asian person don't even talk to us an Asian person gets our order for our chicken wings and fried rice and and basically is so rude to the point where it's like get the food and go We'll be back there three times in a week, and there's no problem. Even you disrespected if, all three times. Even in a in a sense of being disrespected three times, still show back and give their dollars. That to me is the bigger issue. We just say the hell with our 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 businesses. The idea of creating businesses, whether we're in the metal, it's too hard. I won't get support, but we will support every other culture. And to me, when you see other cultures coming in, not only serving their own culturally appropriated uh, uh, things, whether it's food or um, other stuff that they, they, they have in their culture, but taking what we endear, what we love, whether it's having a, let's say, black people really love fried chicken. We'll just use that example. I hate that the example I have to use, but You'll have a Middle Eastern person come in and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go into this neighborhood and I'm going to create a chicken waffles, right? Yeah. And, and be okay. And then, like, get a pass to where if I decided to say I'm going to go make, uh, uh, you know, like pitas, <laughs> you feel me, in, 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 a, in, oh, in, in be... more, a more Greek community or whatever like that, man, it would be hell to pay. And and so sticking with that is is that if – if a Middle Eastern person, if, if a Latino, if an Asian person opened up a chicken and waffle spot in a predominantly black neighborhood, and let's just say you got... Negroes is supporting. Well, let's say, say you got seven of the 11 herbs and spices right. Uh, be, oh, okay. All right. You, you, you know, you're kind of doing your thing a little bit. We have to create 13 herbs and spices for yep. us to not start talking trash yep. ab about the business. It, 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 you know, if, if they got half of it, like, okay, all right, that's all right, well, okay, that, that tastes okay. You know, Asian dude got, got got some chicken, got a little bit of flavor to it. Us, if it don't taste like grandma from from, from Alabama or Mississippi or Louisiana, we, we got all 31 flavors to talk about what's wrong with the business. Exactly. And so I think where we're at now that we have to be real about is the way that the economy is, the way that it's become a global economy, the way between uh, – the brick and mortar stuff is shifting. A lot of online stuff. Yeah, people, a lot, have, of lot of people have figured out that in America, multiple revenue streams. People have still have figured out other ways to get their paper. Yeah. More and more people are like, I don't need your dollar anymore. Not at all. You're and expendable. So, yeah, and so the the old narrative of, well, I got cash. Well, I got money. Well, I can afford it. Is being met with, I don't care. Yeah. Well, as well as well as I mean, there's like before, if you think about it. When, when this whole thing started, I mean, there was a lot more, you know, black people here, right? I mean, think about how many black people um, died during slavery, right? Um, the enslavement of our people and how we've had multiple cultures now have moved in, Latino, we have Asian, 
uh, Middle Eastern. You know how you have so many folks that have come here that have spread the volume of people of color, right? You know, even though some folks don't like to um, use that angle, I mean, it is what it is. So our valuable, our, our value once before um, as workers, expendable. Like before, the, the work that um, our, our immigrant brothers and sisters um, are doing is what we used to do and no yeah. longer we don't do it, right? So why it's so so important to me when I, I discuss these things and some folks think I'm way out with my idea, but when you look at it, the way out shit that I was saying in 2010 or 2014, like everyone's looking like, oh, well, shit, 2018, Barry was on his shit. Well, you know, it's just what it is. You just got to look at the dynamics of how this world works, right? We are only defined by really two major elements, and that's sports and entertainment. But I mean, am I, am I, you can am make I, you can make the argument that they're they're under the same umbrella. I mean, well, yeah, well, and, and we can make the mm -hmm. argument of that. But in a reality, what most of us as black people, uh, when we're talking about a lot of money to be uh, um, obtained, and and where a majority of us are highlighted in a more positive lens, yeah. it is that yeah. where there's a majority, right? Even though. Black lawyers could probably be the majority, right? Yeah. Not saying that there's not more black lawyers than entertainers. Not saying that. Yeah. But what's highlighted? What's highlighted? And, stuff, yeah. and what our youth will know and what we'll see. There's is, a lot of black dentists you don't hear about. Exactly. And a lot of black accountants you don't hear. There's about. a lot of black a lot wealth. Of, well, well, I'm just that saying we can't so identify that with. just for the folks out there. If you there, there's a lot of black therapists. There's a lot. Uh, here's here's the thing that goes along with that though. It, it's consistent. Because we don't support a lot of those things, yeah. our most prominent versions of those work in other communities. Exactly. So, 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 so when we go in there, we look at that. I can say that as a young person, I want to grow up and I want to grow up and be a LeBron James. Okay. A young person, I grow up, I want to be a Beyonce. A young person, grow up, I want to be a Drake. It's yeah. what you see on a constant basis, right? My theory is the only thing that holds us truly back in, 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 in a lot of ways is if we were able to sit there and say, because at the end of the day, all our entertainers, as you say, you could probably put them in both the, the same category, especially now. But let's just for sake of argument, just say sports and entertainment, right? All of those funnel and support white supremacy. Right. And in, in, in a larger scale, I mean, we all do in a, a way, but in a major sufficient way, if basketball players who were black walked away from basketball and said, we're going to start our own basketball league. Right. Yeah. The NBA, as we know, it wouldn't survive a day, wouldn't survive a freaking day. You create that 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 power shift. If the NFL players walked off, black NFL players walked off and say, we're not going to play a game. There's going to be such a domino effect in the shift. Yeah, relatively, um, some of those sports will try to maintain its, its prowess. Well, Y'all, we don't need the black people. We got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. But just like if you looked at the LeBron James situation, and I, I always use this preference of LeBron James, when he basically said his white owner or didn't tell his white owner that, hey, I'm out of here. I'm going to be my own dependent black man. And the white owner basically had that racist letter 
pretty much, and basically calling them the N-word without calling them the N-word. And it was like business as usual. We're going to do better without LeBron, right? But then a year or so later, when merchandise is being sold, uh, uh, you can't get the uh, the, the sweets sold, uh, TV revenue is gone. <laughs> You're begging for LeBron. If he even hopes to come back, I'll give you everything, right? No. LeBron James comes back. Business is back to normal. The hit will be taken, but it's for a better cause in my idea because when black people are able to control the, their, their own destiny and the thing that they invest in so much but don't even profit in long term, it becomes um, a death certificate for all because none of these damn infrastructures do anything for communities that's going to help uplift our communities unless you have them in a stranglehold. So with black people saying, hey, you know what? We want to start our own league. Like we want to have our own basketball league. That's pretty much ensuring that that money, um, um, ownership, it's all black. The way that we have it is we have black players playing and they're high priced slaves and they're giving it back to open up those big golf resorts. They're giving it back to open up those Starbucks franchises. You know what I'm saying? Because here are black players playing and they're playing for themselves, so they believe, but they're really playing for white slave master and white slave masters going back to their community and funneling their community. Um, they're supporting their prisoners in the industries. They're looking at their private investments. They ain't looking at black private investments. Why would I want to invest in a black community and keep it black? What I'll do is I will gentrify it. So I believe that in in sports more than entertainment, because I don't think that they even need us in entertainment because they got that pretty much a lot. If sports, if we walked away from sports and said we're going to do our own thing, you would see a domino effect because all of those chains are connected so much with sports. That's why sports is such a high uh, 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 like degree a thing where you where we celebrate the Super Bowl like it's a holiday, where the NBA Finals, when you get there to Game 7, it's a big deal. All those different things play so much in our culture that the funnel of money, I believe, could, could do so much if it was reverted to saying black people say, you know what, we don't even want to participate. Okay, well, let's just say, say you leave the system the way that it is. The, the NBA as it is, the NFL the way it is. Where do we start shifting? So it, keep keep the NBA exactly the way it is. And all of a sudden, like, you know, you had Jeremy Lin and, and you saw the Asian community get behind Jeremy Lin when they had the whole Lin sanity thing when he had those 10 good games, you know, and they thought he was the second coming of Magic. Or when Yao Ming was playing, how the Asian community rallied behind him and, and drove. Like, if all of a sudden you could, if you put in 35 really really good top tier asian players like what do you think that their community would look like with a steph curry contract oh my god if you interjected 25 35 really good jewish players 35 really good latino players like all of a sudden and i'm not talking about the because the, they're the journeymen that are sitting that are yeah. number 13 on the roster i'm talking about getting james harden money what 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 getting, so, well, why I say that is if, so if you took that, where well, all of a sudden they're getting $220 million contracts, 200, $150 million, huh? what they would do with their own money back to the communities in which they came from 
what would be the shift that would take? Because we have some guys who come back and, and do yeah, we have do, some. do stuff on small scale. Shots out to my brother uh, Garrett Temple and um, you know Doug Christie, V Carter. But if you look at by and large, the bulk they don't. It, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. We, so so I'm saying leaving the institution no, the way it is. Leaving it the same way it is right now, we're seeing what they do. Yeah. Because Asians are invested in the NBA. I mean, come on. I mean, this is the global economy that they're talking about, right? Yeah. So I'm saying, it, 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 what would be something that would start? Because it would be something that would be to get these guys who were making anywhere from the $200 million to the $2 million. Through their, through their careers to reinvest back where they came from. Leave the infrastructure alone. If, if, the, if the, the white owners at the top don't do, don't ever give a dime to the community, you gotta walk away from it. You gotta walk away from the system, though. You gotta create your own system. You gotta go do what um, uh, Ice Cube is, is slowly doing. Ice Cube is doing something um, that is that is powerful. Um, you know, you gotta be able to walk away from the system. That's the only way it's gonna work because. Everybody that you're saying, those folks have invested. They may not have the players, but they have the investment. So as they invest, they can be able to open up doors in their community. So you got you see it all the time. I mean, um, that's why I respect the Asian community so much is because they get it. You know what I'm saying? We are the only people that uh, challenge ourselves to the point where we're always trying to kind of figure out and this sick kind of way why – does our abuser not love us? And to me, it's, it's just like, it's just like, okay, well, how do we show them that without us, there will be no you? You step away from the relationship. I don't know how. I mean, it's just like you 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 step away from the relationship. You allow that person to see how it is without me. LeBron James, when he left. To go to Miami the first time and when I fell in love with the idea of a black man taking power without saying or asking because he knew far well that if I bust my knee and if I wasn't LeBron James, I'd be just another Negro getting traded as soon as my, uh, 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 you know, saying window closed. I am going to go do what I need to do for my family for my legacy and I am going to continue to brand myself and I'm going to walk away from a place that I gave seven years for. People looked at it, it was like it was unloyal, blah, blah, blah. I celebrated like, wow, there's somebody that finally gets it. Became a big LeBron James fan, wanted him to win every title after that because to me it means something. Now, in 2018, we see how powerful that move was because it allowed other players to now walk in and do exactly what he's do. Take back power. If you got to take a little bit of power, you took back power. In the NBA, you only have one, one owner that's black. One owner in a league that's predominantly black. In the Major League Baseball, you have out of 32 teams, you have one manager that is black, right? And of course, there was a lot more black folks in the early 80s, 70s, 60s that played baseball. But still, there's still a lot of black people that still are in minor leagues, in major league, but you only have one black manager. I don't even want to talk about the zero ownership that we have for black folks in the NFL or the lack thereof of head coaches. But here it is. All of these major sport entities 
are creating and branding and are owned by those folks that own the Walmarts, <laughs> that own like the Starbucks. You get what I'm saying? No, no, I get that. So I'm saying if the mentality is the way it is now, even if we started to, everybody walks away from the, the current lease, how much would actually be reinvested into the community or would it? Uh, so what I'm saying is, is that if, if you left the way that the institutions are now, it doesn't mean forever. But if we're just going off of today, uh-huh. why we have all you have all these athletes of all these different sports who go on to make millions of dollars, who feel no obligation to reinvest where they different, came from. Different tax bracket now. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying so how much of that is a cultural problem within as opposed to a systemic issue? Externally, because because uh, I'm thinking if the thought process is the same, I think it's I think it's both, but I think it's also it's it's when you play into a system, man. It's just like, again, you're in an abusive relationship, and you've been abused for so long, you just are following the trend. It's too it's so difficult to a machine that is 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 giving you stability coming off of a place where you had no stability and to say we're going to walk away it's going to have to be some real courageous folks to walk away and kind of create that and the starting point is just like once upon a time none of these sports were as as, as important as they are before they weren't they, none of it was that serious now it's that serious so would folks leave um and invest in a community uh, we don't know. No, no. I'm saying, what would it take to start to get them to invest while they're still there today? Well, because the reason, because it's trying to put the cart before the horse. If the mentality isn't there to reinvest within the community and to build, I think they to I think, start an old league. I think they, yeah, I, I think they believe that they do, and I don't think they do it enough. I don't think that they really see a bigger picture. I think they believe they invest by, you know, you got folks doing movies. You got folks being more culturally aware. You got folks donating money here and there. I don't think they really understand the importance of infrastructure. I don't really think that they don't really understand the importance of franchising. The fact that Toys R Us is, are, are dying or just basically about to be done. The fact that blockbusters are not no longer here. Good guys are no longer here. Claire's earrings. Are, are no longer here all these things what Kmart's are no longer here a whole wa- bunch of Walmart's closing a whole bunch of Macy's closing Sears closing the list goes on and on that is taking away jobs right where are those people going to work so the fact that we don't realize that these things and these people that are closing up shop don't get me wrong they're closing up shop but they're probably invested in something else they're like alright you know what eh, done with that those people don't have work the people that owned it, they're not going to be sitting there under a, a fucking highway anytime soon. Just the employees. Just the employees, right? Yeah. So the fact that these are places that employ a lot of people of color, we no longer have these because a lot of stuff is going online. Where are we going to have these people? Why don't you see that investing and creating our own shit is going to be more detrimental than ever? Because daddy daycare ain't going to even be able to provide what he used to provide for you. I think that's what I'm trying to like shovel the idea. T.I. said uh, we need a boycott Starbucks. And I laugh at this whole boycott shit. Okay, well, you say that. You got a whole bunch of money, Negro. Open up a, open up a fucking line of cocoa bucks. And I mean, cocoa mocha uh, 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 bucks. You know what I'm saying? For coffee. I mean, do that. Because it's a lot. there are a lot of Starbucks that are pretty much run. 
by a lot of people. Yes. Yes. So you say the, the same thing. Okay. Well, we're not going to eat there anymore. We're not going to drink there anymore. We're not going to do this. But anymore. they employ black people. But that's what I'm saying. So what happens is, is those things take a hit. They start cutting off the employees. Those and then employees what people are going to work at? Jobs and, and so we don't provide an alternative. So we we want to complain about the issue, but we don't want to provide an alternative. That's why I'm saying here's alternatives. This is what we should do, but we have been, and this is what I hate, like, you know, this whole idol worshiping, this dick riding shit is out of control. We spent so much time chasing a celebrity's lifestyle. We spent so much time hoping, dreaming, and thinking about if I could have been. I used to be in that place a long time ago thinking like, wow, that could be me. You know, fuck all that celebrity hype shit. You know what I'm saying? If I'm able to be in a place, in a position to where I have a lot of clout, but I could do a lot more. I'm going to gradually, you know, getting all my people in like I'm supposed to, but I'm going to spread the love like I need to. I think we do so much dick riding on our own selves that we just don't hold nobody accountable. And this 2018, the fact that we even still talk about R. Kelly in his perverted way, like we don't have him somewhere in a ditch, it, 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 it tricks me out. The fact that we have... Oh my God, did you hear what Kanye West said? Who gives a fuck? If he wants to sit there and celebrate Donald Trump, we got a lot more issues than worrying about him. We hold on to everything celebrities do and we don't realize a lot of these celebrities that we hold on to don't do shit for the community. Realistically, Ben Carson will do more damage to your life than, than Kanye West. And, then on, yeah, and that's the reality. <laughs> I'm and, yeah, so, so it's like we, we, we buy in to this imagery because it's sold to us by media. That's why I say the thing that we see more often, sports and entertainers in a black community. So we we gear to that. You said there's probably more dentists and we're thinking about more lawyers than they are successful entertainer, successful basketball players. Because here's what we got to understand. All those kids that are in college, everybody ain't making the NBA. Right? And then all those NBA players, everyone ain't going to be Kobe. Everyone ain't going to be Ben Simmons. Everyone's not going to be LeBron. career for a professional it, athlete. Man, it's like a, what, three or five, like right? Three three years about, about the average, and then you're broken five. And then 15 years of LeBron James being excellent, that's a major, right? That's a major. So the, the lifespan of also entertainment is short-lived. Yeah, you probably will have a little bit of Same. a comeback. If 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 you made it's, it's literally the same. If yeah, if you if made great hits, successful musician, you're, you're three to five years. Uh, if you can stay in the game, be legend, come back three tour. to five years, and then you're journeyman like in sports. There's those actors that you can't name their name, but you they've been in 15 movies. Yeah, you don't remember that. You couldn't tell if I gave can't you their tell. name, you would no idea. But if I said the one dude in the one movie, you'd be, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Same same thing. So so in, so in a sense of what I believe. That in theory, what f screws us up royally is that white kids, they don't, though they may uh, like hope for a, a dream of playing sports, their reality is they see so much of what is more yeah, attainable, more attainable to them. Yeah. Doctor, lawyer, uh, 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 politician, they see that on an everyday basis. Every time they're seeing a news anchor, he's white. They're, you know, they're seeing a business person. They're white. Things that are owned are white. They are like, ah, you know, I'm going to play basketball for high school. I'm pretty decent at it. But the real deal is I'm going to end up being a real estate agent. Where uh, 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 black kids, you know, from an early age really believe 
that they're going to be like Mike. And, and, and the funniest part about that dream that was sold with Gatorade was such a great marketing scheme because every single kid wanted to be like Mike, right? Nobody wanted to be uh, uh, like Malcolm X. Nobody wanted to be like Marcus Garvey. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. And you had kids selling their soul trying to get to someplace that they will never get because the percentile is such a small percentage of folks that get in or even to be that major of a success and to be able to cross over. You have all of our kids uh, wishing upon a star to be these entertainers and these sports athletes where these white kids are being um, trained or being shown a different side to like, um, let's be realistic. You'll never be able to fly like Mike. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, Peyton Manning, I, I, I think it would probably be better for you not to be Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning's agent, right? They get trained in a whole different level of seeing things where we are having 28-year-olds still believing that, you know, I can fly and I'm going to get into the league somehow, some way. And that is not being trained in any other community except our community. These are some things that we fundamentally have to look at in the sense of if we want to be treated better, then that starts at home. Wow, man. We, I, I didn't know we was almost over. I was about to get on my Kanye West. I had so much else to do. <laughs> well, we got to start looking at, at how, how we treat each other, how we see each other, how we view ourselves. Uh, recognizing the value in owning our own uh, when you're constantly asking somebody else to treat you well yeah. you put your feelings your your respect all that in somebody else's hands and they may not do with it what you would like them to do it's showing more and more on a day-to-day -day basis that you know they don't care you get they don't really care about what's that uh, what's what's that uh, you right. Michael Jackson, they don't, they don't really, really care, care about, about us, us. Uh -huh. yeah that just because you can afford it they don't care um, you you got you got the job they don't care you got the degree they don't care they're being shown more and more how folks truly feel about yeah. you and like I said when people show you who they are believe them. black yeah. people need to wake up and do our own thing and it's not it's not going to be bad it's okay we got to sometimes get out of daddy's uh, uh you know basement and do what we need to do it's it's everyone is doing it everyone does it we are the only race that looks racist when we do it racist when we talk about it, even though how can we be racist when we have no power but we really do have the power so let's go ahead and let's obtain it man things that we need to address and talk about say, say something. something say something podcast where can folks find you online barry barry axius my twitter game is crazy right now i'm back on twitter at barry axius b-e-r-r-y-a-c-c-i-u-s um facebook same thing barry axius and at um Team Boy on IG, blackblueprints.com with a Z. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook. Every other social media platform is at CEO. This has been the Say Something Podcast. Say something. <laughs> and until next show, we will holler at you later. Yes, sir.